Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monica Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future ready fast and accelerate your success. Well, welcome everyone to our Beyond Barriers Leadership Workshop, which is focusing on imposter syndrome. I'm Monica. And I'm Nikki Barua. Very nice to meet everyone. Yes. So um, before we begin our session, um, wanted to share a little bit about ourselves and about Beyond Barriers, and then we'll dive right into the workshop. And uh, there are still folks joining us. I'm going to let people in as they get in um, and, uh, you know, give you a sense of what our mission is, what we're doing, and then how we can help you through this workshop. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know us, share a little bit about our stories yeah. and uh, for you to get familiar with us. So my name is Monica Marquez, and I grew up in a small West Texas town um, and really decided I wanted to try big, uh, big things. So after I got my master's degree, I packed up my bags and I moved to New York City, uh, figuring that if I could make it there, I could make it anywhere. So uh, so packed up my bags, moved to New York City and, um, you know, started working in academia. And a couple of years down, I got an opportunity to work in um corporate America, which, you know, I had heard all of the rumors that, you know, corporate America can be cutthroat, all of this stuff. So at first I was a little hesitant. Um, and then I decided, you know, after talking to some friends, you couldn't miss an opportunity of, of working in an organization uh, like Goldman Sachs, which was the opportunity that I had. So I went to corporate, not knowing really what I was getting into, um, and learned really quickly that um, there were a lot a, of lessons that I did not know uh, and th- that went against really what I was always taught, put your head down, work hard, um, and you'll get recognized. Well, in corporate America, that is really not the case. And so I learned really quickly that you have to pick up your head, you have to stand up, you have to stand out, you have to do great work, but you have to learn a little bit around self-promotion. Um, and so learned how to do that really quickly, rose up the ranks to senior level roles um, and worked at organizations like Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, Google, Ernst & Young, And all throughout my career was always focused on helping uh, the underdog, right? Helping women and diverse groups really make sure that they were progressing in their careers as quickly or equally as the non-diverse kind of white male peer. Um, And I would say one of the probably the biggest kind of um, roadblocks or pet peeves that I was always dealing with is that we couldn't cascade the programs. We couldn't reach as many of the, you know, underrepresented groups as possible. And so that kind of went to where, you know, I ultimately decided to step out of corporate and launch something like Beyond Barriers to help democratize and reach masses. And while Monica's experience is in uh, diversity and inclusion and leadership development, uh, my uh, career has been all about technology and innovation. And um, you know what I discovered was, you know, as we look forward to the next ten years, it's a world that's going to be driven by artificial intelligence and automation, and a world that's very competitive and fast changing. And if we don't um, do enough to accelerate women in leadership, 
we're going to have a world that is very lopsided, where women's voices and perspectives will not shape the type of product services and policies that uh, we experience. And so with that in mind, you know, I took the learnings and experiences that I had uh, of really looking at how do you democratize access so that there are uh, programs that are available for organizations that can be scaled for all uh, women in the workplace. And that's what led to the founding of Beyond Barriers. Our mission is all about uh, accelerating women in leadership by providing mm -hmm. leadership coaching, personal transformation, community engagement in a way that's highly scalable. Um, so not just one-on-one, -on -one, but in a very scalable format. And the reason why we're, you know, uh, creating the communities and creating these kind of workshops is that one of the things that every woman needs is access to the right resources, the right relationships at the right time. Because when yes. you have that, it completely changes the game. It changes how fast you rise up. It changes what you're able to achieve together. And it also creates a deeper sense of belief in what is possible. So with that in mind, this uh, workshop and the several others every week, uh, so be sure to check out the lineup and sign up for what is appealing to you. Today, we're going to focus on imposter syndrome because this is something that yes. affects, you know, 70% of all people. And when you think about most high achieving people struggling with this, um, in some ways, if you feel imposter syndrome, that's almost a good sign because it shows <laughs> that you're in good company. You know, you feel that way because you are a high achiever, because you're driven. And uh, today we'll talk about, you know, how to identify, you know, the things that are the roadblocks in your mm -hmm. way, but also some very actionable strategies to overcome them that can be applied right away. All right. So the first thing we'll um, dive into is really understanding what is imposter syndrome? And, um, you know, Monica, you're an expert in this space and you've yes. uh, done a lot of this training. So tell us more about it and uh, walk us through the training. Certainly. So imposter syndrome. So most of you have probably heard about imposter syndrome and um, have have really started hearing more and more, more, and more about it in uh, just in the news in some cases, sometimes in a lot of things that you're reading. And really the research has come out and it's gotten more popular, but to be quite honest, the research came out back in the 70s. And it started off with uh, two uh, PhD professors and they were searching, they were doing research on high achieving women. And through their research, they, they were trying to find what were the characteristics and things like that. And then they stumbled across that a lot of these women, despite all of their accomplishments, all of their um, achievements, that there was this level of self-doubt and this idea of displacing or discrediting their accomplishments and giving credit, um, displacing the credit in other things that they didn't control, kind of like I was in the right place at the right time, like all of this stuff. And so they really started honing in on that. It, it kind of really kind of made them start thinking, why is this happening? So then they wrote their papers turned, they turned around and they ended up writing the research paper about the phenomenon of imposter syndrome in high achieving women. 
So I want to pause there because the title was High Achieving Women. And so really what happens is they say that it's usually ambitious, high achieving individuals are the ones who set really high standards for themselves, um, almost to the point where it's critical where you might fail, that that's what causes the imposter syndrome. So in all honesty, you're in good company if you are suffering from imposter syndrome because of the idea of, you know, it happens to a lot of highly ambitious, really high achieving individuals. And so when you think about what imposter syndrome is, it's this phenomenon that, you know, you, there's a level of phoniness and that you aren't, you know, you aren't really necessarily achieving things on your own. They're happening um, because they are being displaced in other things. Sort of like, you know, feeling like you're, you just got lucky. Feeling a fraud. I got it right this time. Will I be able to do it again? Or uh, on the flip side, feeling like, um, you know, what if I can figure it out? So, right. Um, and it's uh, something that when you look at the stats of, 70% of the US population that suffers from it, or that you know, think about tech companies. I mean, this is considered uh, you know, the top-notch tech talent in the country, and yet 58% of employees mm-hmm. um, struggle with this. So it's pretty significant. Right. And then the intersectionality comes in of people of color, women of color, women, and those numbers go up. In terms of, you know, not now, not just 70% of the population, but now 80% of women of color and minorities will are, are experiencing imposter syndrome. And basically that really entails because there's this lack of a sense of belonging. And when you don't feel like you belong, then you feel like you're an imposter or you're 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 somewhere where you're not supposed to be. And so those are some things that that are happening. And then the research is showing that imposter syndrome, that percentage is starting to go up. It's on the rise, especially with young professionals and college students as well. So that is where, you know, we wanted to share what we have learned about all of this research around imposter syndrome is that the bad news is that it's never going away. But the good news is is that you can manage it. So we're going to talk a little bit about how do you identify uh, imposter syndrome and what, what are the things that you need to do for it? And so as we are, you know, going through the um, through the slides, um, one of the self-assessments that you need to think about, and I'm going to ask these questions and I want you to stop for a minute and think, and, you know, if these thoughts have ever popped in your mind, are they familiar with for you? And, um, you know, start thinking about moments where you've maybe thought this. So, um, you probably have suffered imposter syndrome if you've thought something like, I sometimes think... I obtained my present position or I gained my present success because I happened to be in the right place at the right time, or I knew somebody who helped me get this job. And so if you're ever chalking up that, that, you know, that role or that experience or that promotion or that, you know, dream job because somebody gave it to you and you didn't earn it, then you're probably suffering from imposter syndrome. Others are, at times I feel my success has been due to some kind of luck. Like it's just dumb luck, like you didn't practice, you didn't put in any effort or anything of the sort, which is all completely untrue if you really think about how you how you have gotten to the, your present position or where you are, is that you've done a lot of really good work. It just didn't fall in your lap. 
Um, other- my favorite is uh, that I'm disappointed at times in my present accomplishments and think I should have accomplished much more. Um, and this is something I personally struggle with a lot because that sets such uh, obscenely high goals. Um, you know, it, I, I remember as a, a young teenager, I set the goal that I would be CEO of a company um, before the age of 30. And when I didn't get there, I felt like the biggest failure on the planet. I thought I had no hope whatsoever. And even though I got there at 35, I was five years late and therefore <laughs> I, I couldn't be any good, you know, because I missed the mark <laughs> of what I said. Um, so each of these things represents all of these limiting beliefs and thoughts that are sort of constantly at the back of our mind telling us that were somehow inadequate or not good enough. Right. So uh, with that, let's get into uh, talking about the archetypes. Yes. So as I mentioned before, this research started back in the 70s. And um, there there was lots of other people kind of taking that research and digging in a little deeper. And there was one particular woman um, who had went a little deeper and decided that there were five archetypes of imposter syndrome that present themselves. And at the end of the day, these are the ones that you probably see play out for yourself. And so there's the superwoman, you see them here, the perfectionist, the expert, the natural genius, and the soloist. Now, I'm going to go in and tell you a little bit about each one of these individuals. And I want you to think about, has this archetype presented itself in your life, um, you know, over the course of your life? And in some cases, you may have experienced a couple of them. So make sure you keep a tally on that. But first and foremost is the superwoman. And the superwoman places a lot of emphasis on how many jobs or how many roles that they can keep up in the air, keep doing um, at the same time. But the kind of expectation that they put on themselves, and it's almost an impossible expectation, is that they want to be executing in all of these roles perfectly perfectly at all times. times. And if they drop the ball somewhere, then they're an absolute failure. And so they put these unrealistic expectations on themselves that (coughs) that is, is impossible. And so that's very common for high achieving individuals who want to be able to do all of these things at the same time. So think about it um, for anyone in in this um, discussion. If um, you have a very demanding uh, career, Uh, you're a mom, you know, you are are trying to be the perfect spouse um, (laughs) or a board member. You're trying to run a fantastic household where everything is, you know, uh, the household is in perfect order. All the chores are done. The grocery list is perfect. It's all of those things. You're trying to, you know, be on the PTA. You're the perfect neighbor. All of those things, that sense that not only do you have to do it, but the fact that you have to do it all perfectly at all times. There's never a break. And if something drops, that means, you know, there's some limitation on your part. 
Right. That's what the superwoman is. Right. Now, the perfectionist is really focused on how something gets done and that they are going to, if they're going to do something, it's going to be absolutely perfect. And that if you get a nine out of, you know, a nine out of 10 or a 9.9 out of 10, then you're an absolute failure because it wasn't perfect. Now, one of the things that perfectionists suffer from, and I can tell you because I'm a recovering perfectionist and always dealing with it, is that perfectionists tend to procrastinate. They will procrastinate and procrastinate because the timing is not right. They don't have all of the information. They don't have all of the pieces in order to make sure that whatever they're going to try to execute on is absolutely perfect. And so that's how perfectionists can hinder themselves in their work or in their overall in their life or opportunities because they will run into the situation where maybe a job opportunity comes up or a promotion comes up and you look at the job description And there's 10 items there, but because you don't check all 10, you decide I can't apply for this job. Um, And so you pass up on these opportunities because you want to make sure it's perfect, that you match everything perfectly. Instead of the non-imposter individuals will check off six of them or five of them and say, hey, I'll figure out the rest, but they take the opportunity and they move forward. So those are the things that perfectionists tend to to struggle with. And one of the bad outcomes or the symptoms of a perfectionist is that you can be a, a, a procrastinator. And when Monica says she's a recovering perfectionist, um, you know. It's a daily thing. (laughs) She's recovering daily. Um, Okay, the expert. Yes, so the expert is somebody who is constantly seeking um, validation or needing all of the certifications or the education or the degrees or whatever it takes uh, before they feel confident to move forward. So these are the individuals that, again, may suffer or may miss out on opportunities because they don't feel like they are completely prepared. They are constantly wanting to make sure that they know everything before they can move forward and get started. And this, again, can derail your career or derail you in the job because it can take you a lot longer to get things accomplished because rather than trial and error, you want to make sure that you know everything before you move forward. And in this day and age, that can really be an issue mm-hmm. because, you know, things, things are changing so fast that yes. if you're waiting to know it all and master it all, you're missing out on opportunities. Absolutely. Um, the pace of change with innovation and with technology and new solutions, you have to constantly, you know, be in that state of always learning mm-hmm. uh, instead of all knowing. So that requires a very just in time mindset to say, mm-hmm. you know, I trust myself to be able to figure it out and I'm going to always keep learning, but I don't have to know it all on day one. Exactly. And then that brings you to the natural genius. And the natural genius is, um, I would say, a cousin to, to the expert, where the natural genius is somebody who you may throughout primary school, high school, college, like studies and education came very easily to you. Um, And so you had the confidence that you knew how to figure it out or you somehow would always make it through, um, make it through a situation or whatever that might be. And when imposter syndrome plays out with a natural genius is that if you don't know how to figure something else out or you have to study for something or you don't know something immediately, then you're a failure. Um, that you don't, aren't as competent as you thought you were because you you now have to read a book or take a class or somebody else has to teach you to do something. So that can be really dangerous because 
you know, you start, you start telling yourself that you are less than because you don't know it right away. Mm -hmm. And again, in this world of the ever-changing, you know, digital age technology, you're not necessarily going to know it right away and it's always going to be changing. So you've got to learn how to really think about the idea of just constantly um, studying and evolving and not relying on your memory. <laughs> and, as, and for me, you start realizing that you can't just always rely on your memory. So of, of those things, um, you're just constantly having to iterate. Um, then there's the soloist. And I think there are many of us, and I know I did, suffer from what the soloist is, is that they have a fear of if I can't figure it out on my own, or if I have to ask somebody, that person is going to think I'm inept or I don't have all the competencies needed to get the job done, which is contrary to, you know, what a lot of the times when you're talking to leaders and things like that, they see people asking questions as um, ambitious and curious and always wanting to learn. They, they associate questions and things like that with someone who's hungry to learn. And so when the soloist spends time trying to figure it out all of themselves and afraid to ask questions, then they derail their career by one, not asking the questions and maybe not doing it right and falling flat on their face. But then two, they, um, at the end of the day, are taking so much longer to get the job done. They're not being, they're not executing efficiently rather than just saying, let me go to somebody who knows how to do this, who can tell me how to do this and I, and I can get it done faster. Instead, they spend time trying to figure out or go research or do the things rather than just leveraging a resource that may be able to get them, get them there faster. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future-ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. So um, there was this interesting study that was done in the differences um, in between men and women and how they approach a new role or a new responsibility. You know, when uh, the guy gets the new responsibility, the first thing he does is look around and see who can help me. Who can help me get this done faster? Who can help me get this done better? Who can help me get this done and get ahead? And who do I need to know to get to the next level? Even mm -hmm. as they're just embarking on that very first role, they're already thinking about how do I get to the next thing? Right. And in contrast, in the study, the way the women approached that role was, I have this new role. I cannot fail at it. I have to make sure I get it all right. I cannot make any mistakes. So I need to work extra hard, start early and late and put in, sacrifice everything so that I can absolutely nail, you know, the... Um, results. Right. And I'm going to figure it all out and not ask for help. So as a result of that, the approach tends to be very different. It's not a different in, difference in talent or capability or even ambition. It's a talent. It's a difference in approach. And that approach is essentially where, you know, women play up the role more as the soloist 
mm-hmm. which adds more burden, more pressure, and frankly, burnout when you're trying to do it all yourself. And it's sort of like taking the hardest, longest path to get ahead versus getting some leverage and working with other people. Yeah. So those are the five key archetypes. Mm-hmm. And um, what we'll do real quick cool. is, uh, you know, take a quick poll to figure out which one of those best represents you. It's completely anonymous. So go ahead and just um, pick as many as you want and or none. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's figure out as a group, you know, what it looks like. Okay, we have the soloist winning right now. (laughs) And I have several fellow perfectionists. You can pick multiple ones. Yes. um, Or all of them. (laughs) All right, it looks like we have um, at least 90% who voted. So it looks like we have the the winning number is the 55% of the soloist, like struggling to ask for help, um, struggling to always trying to figure it out on your own or feeling like you might be inadequate if you have to ask for help. And so the interesting thing that the research has shown and what uh, Valerie Young, uh, Dr. Valerie Young, who really kind of discovered these archetypes was that when she did research with the imposters and the non-imposters, she discovered that the main difference between the two is that rather than uh, it was mindset, it was all about mindset. And so the non-imposters, rather than seeing kind of, you know, these things around um, fail, like failure, they saw failure as a learning opportunity. And the imposters saw failure as well, it's a failure and it would stop them in their tracks and they wouldn't do it anymore. So really what it comes down to at the end of the day is the idea of mindset, how can you reframe some of these fears or the limiting beliefs that you have that creep up in your mind as you are, you know, going through or about of imposter syndrome. And so it really comes down at the end. When I read her whole book at the end and she was like, okay, well, here's the big, here's the big aha moment. I'm going to tell you the secret to imposter syndrome. And it came down to mindset, just changing your mindset and reframing those things and looking at feedback as a gift, uh, which is sometimes hard to do. Um, And, you know, taking things like, um, you know, a failure as a learning opportunity and learning to to do it um, right for the expert of, you know, just practicing just in time learning and just saying, okay, I'm just going to jump in and I'll figure it out as I go instead of stopping. Mm -hmm. So it was all of those things for each of those groups of what can you do for the superwoman. The most important thing was that, yes, you can have it all, but not at the same time. So you've got to learn how to integrate and balance some of those things out. So, and, and same thing with the perfectionist of recognizing how to overcome the biggest barrier, which is a procrastination. So anytime you find yourself pushing off something you don't want to deal with, or you feel like, oh, I keep pushing out to tomorrow, I'll deal with it later, you know, pause and use that as a moment to ask yourself, are you pushing it out because you're trying to get it all perfect before you even begin? And how can you turn that big problem into something smaller so that you can actually start taking action and move forward? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it looks like from our poll, uh, definitely within this group, soloist is the highest. Next up is perfectionist, then the superwoman, 
and uh, then the expert, and the last is the natural genius. So um, very interesting. So let's now dive into the next part of this, which is uh, we'll go into the um, exercises. Um, so we've got, here's how we're going to do this. Um, so we've got you know, a set of three exercises. You're going to break out into, uh, we're going to do breakouts uh, for everyone. And, um, and within your breakout, you're going to follow these exercises. So you'll get a chance to, you know, talk to your partners and so forth. Um, and this will give you a taste of what it's like to have instantly some tools that will help to not only mm -hmm. shift that mindset, but overcome some of the challenges uh, with imposter syndrome. No matter which one of those um, archetypes you relate to, these will help you with that. Right. So the first exercise is the power identity. And what the power identity really does is that when you find yourself feeling, you know, this sense of, you know, I'm not good enough or this inadequacy or questioning whether you are all that other people think of you, um, one of the most powerful instantaneous tools is to create a power identity for yourself. Um, and this is the character you step into whenever you need to, you know, pull that up. So for me, you know, one of the things um, I have done over the years is that create not just one, but multiple power identities. And I look at it like every morning opening the closet and saying, I can go into my closet and not just pick an attire, but pick literally an identity that is going to help me, you know, absolutely win and succeed that day? What kind of identity is going to help me for that day? Do I need to take on the identity of a super successful speaker? Do I need to take on the identity of uh, an inspiring team leader? Do I need to take on the identity of someone who is influential to, because I need to close a deal, whatever that might be. What is that? Or I need to be someone who is just hyper efficient because I have 27 things on my task list for today. And I just need to be a fantastic, you know, at execution today. So you just have these power identities, but what does that look like? You're really framing it almost like a character in a movie and you're giving it a name, you're giving it a personality and you're giving it uh, the kind of attitude and behaviors that maybe, you know, are not something you've developed naturally yet. Mm -hmm. um, so it's almost like stepping out of your character into this new character. Right. So for example, um, Monica, your power identity is like Wonder Woman, yes. right? So especially on stage, it's sort of like thinking I'm Wonder Woman. So yeah, I Wonder Woman and another one, which is, um, I'm going to date myself, but another is MacGyver. Um, I like to, my moniker, what I call myself is MacGyver for the marginalized. Um, but MacGyver, because I will figure anything out, um, you know, whether it's, at home cooking and I realize I don't have an ingredient. Okay. Let me find a substitute. Or if I, you know, something breaks and I need to put it together, or if I'm in a, you know, find myself in a situation and all I have is a rubber band and a paper clip, how can I get out of this situation with that? So I, I take on the persona of, okay, MacGyver, what would MacGyver do right now? And I immediately like start figuring out how I can, um, you know, make lemonade out of, out of lemons. Yeah. So when you go into your breakout, think about a power identity or 
or help someone else if they're saying, hey, I struggle with this. What's a throw out ideas about power identities and characters that you might be able to help each other or with. that you leverage because uh, or it might- that you leverage mm-hmm. if you've uh, stepped into something like that, that how have you kind of tapped into that power identity when you needed it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next exercise is power interaction. And um, in this one, you know, this is, uh, will give you a script, a very short script, and you're going to do two things. One, you're going to, you know, express that script as if you're just really down and Mm -hmm. you're just not in a good place. You're not confident. (laughs) You're not confident. You're doubting yourself. You're really struggling with uh, getting this message across. How do you show up in that? What does your voice sound like? What is your pitch? What's How loud do you sound? All of that. And then you take the same script and you flip it. And then you make it more about, you know, now you're super confident. This is your you mega embody persona. The power identity. You embody the power identity. And now you're all pumped up. You're excited and you're pitching the script, right? What the other people in your breakout are going to do is observe what's different because this is valuable feedback for you to know that, hey, when I'm pumped up, you know, my face lights up or I smile bigger or my voice gets louder. And when I'm sounding less confident or when I'm feeling less confident, my shoulders drop. So the reason this is valuable information is that when you're aware of that, you could physically just simply change your stance, change your state and actually show up more confident, even if you're not feeling it in that moment. Yeah. So be sure you take notes whenever you do get that feedback so that you remember these are the things that you do great and and uh, what you need to stop doing when you aren't confident. And then the final thing is you'll wrap up your breakout by sharing one compliment with each person and to the person receiving the compliment, make a list documented because it goes into your greatest hits list. This is the thing that you want to keep adding to over time. You're going to keep making a list that makes you feel even more, reminds you of how great you are. And, um, you know, personally, I keep my greatest hits list on my phone. So it's always accessible to me. And it's something that before a big meeting or anything important, I can just look at that. And it's an instant reminder that, yes, you know, I'm not an imposter. I am all of this stuff. Look at all these things I've accomplished. It's a quick boost of confidence exactly when you need it at your fingertips. So you'll end with a compliment you can take away. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.